Hey guys, welcome back to Investing Should Be Easy. I'm your host, Alex Richwagon. Yes, the host of Investing Should Be Easy and the author of a few different books, most notably Investing Should Be Easy. It is March 16th. The world is in a complete panic. There's a pandemic. And we're going to talk about it. We're going to talk about that, uh, what's going on with portfolios, investment options, and what is the short-term, long-term implications of what we do. And uh, we've got our guest, Landon, back. Landon? Hi, guys. Hey, we got two words out of him. Last time it was one. So Landon's going to talk about what's going on in his portfolio. He's a brand new investor, why we're telling him don't be nervous, and he can take a very long hibernation, wake up in five years, and it's all be won't even act like anything happened. So anyways, today's show is going to be a free-flowing conversation around the economy and what's going on and what adjustments that I'm making, research that I've done, and what we're going to do going forward. Before we get started, if you have any comments, questions, feedback, alex.richwagon at gmail.com. That's alex.richwagon at gmail.com. We're going to get started in three, two, one, cue the music. All right, we're back. So, top of the show, we uh, welcomed our special guest, Landon, back. Landon, so um, what is going on in your world besides just investment landscapes? You're going to join the Marines? Yes, I'm going to join the Marines. Okay. So and I'm going to get a bunch of money that I'll be able to invest in, um, in the next couple of months. Awesome. But we have this whole situation going on. And the situation is obviously COVID-19, the coronavirus. Yeah. So how is that affecting you and your life decisions? Really nothing at all. Um, it kind of sucks for my family. A couple things that they won't be able to do, but doesn't affect me too much. Yeah. Um, I have a couple questions about the stock market and everything. Sure. So let's uh, let's dive in. Um, it's been a rocky 30-plus um, days at least and unprecedented. I, I've never seen in my lifetime schools closing – um, the amount of precautions to limit uh, human-to-human exposure and contact and all that kind of stuff. There's a lot of virtual work-at-home arrangements going on, and uh, it's, it's a little scary. But um, let's go. Let's go right off the head. So, what kind of questions you got so far? So, I invest. I did the monthly investment as we talked about. Yep. And since it fell so much, I'm down. I started with two thousand in account. Now, now I'm at like one. 80, 80, 100, well, like 1800 right now. Yep. So I'm like down like $200. Okay. Now, do I continue on this path of doing the same thing? Yeah. So, if uh, what's amazing about the opportunity, and I know it's it seems weird talking about it like this, if I was a brand new investor, this would be an amazing time because you're starting out and the market was just at an all time high. It's had a massive correction, which if think about it in terms of this, if you were retiring right now, it'd be a little scary. Versus right now, two thousand dollars, like it's going to be nothing in about ten years to you. Yeah. So, grand scheme of things, if you continue to scale into your investments with a dollar cost averaging technique, um, I want to go through one change that we made since the uh, inception of your portfolio and talk about what that change was and why the change was, but also. In the grand scheme of things, in a long-term view, um, 
this show, uh, my book, everything that I've ever studied and written about is all about a long-term approach. This isn't short-term how to get paid fast. This is believing in the principles of what's going on in um, companies growing, um, investing in their people, investing in technology, and staying long course. This is a freak virus that came out of China. It, there was not enough precaution and measures put into place within a period of time to stop its spread, and here we are. Um, 2020 overall um, is kind of a wash. There's going to be zero growth. There's The second quarter is going to be a really interesting period of time, and the reason why is because companies are going to start reporting learnings of what really is going on with their shortages between their supply chains, their demand, how they're not able to meet estimates, and then we'll get a better sense of what um, the next 12 to 18 months look like. So you don't think it's the COVID-19 is going to last past 2020? Uh, so let's... let's um, be very clear. I'm not a medical doctor by any stretch of the imagination. Just from what I read from the experts is they're predicting this should clear itself up from a virus spreading standpoint by um, Q3 of 2020, but should subside at some point in time. What is more of a global and a macro perspective is the stock market's going to recover. It's going to take a lot longer because Let's use Apple for an example. Apple was going to release their new iPhone, the newest version. Well, they were projecting on selling X number of million iPhones. They're going to be X number of million iPhones times like 60%. That's a guess. But it's going to be a far less reaching number. So that what does that do to their earnings? What does it do to their growth? What does it do to their people? Well, they're spending more money. They're making less money which is gonna naturally deflate the stock price among other variables as well. But that's just one example. Um, you know, What's the short-term impact from restaurant closing down for two to four to six to eight weeks? What does that do to their suppliers? What does that do to all the people that are supplying things? In the contrary, how do we adjust and think through these things? Um, I wanna go through, I wanna flip question to you. So. What the um, the five areas that we started investing with, and I think I've got top of my head is there was an ETF on like a high dividend paying large cap companies, DGRO. There's some cybersecurity exposure, right? Yep. Um, we're we're going to get at it. We're going to stop investing in financials. I want to talk about that impact. And what were the other two areas? I could not tell you off the top of my head. Um. I think it was like a mid and a low cap, low, low cap, but I want to talk about financials and consumer discretionary. So right now, we've got a a little bit of a panic buying situation. I'm sure you've been to the store in the last couple of weeks and you've seen people. All the toilet paper is gone. Yeah. yeah. So like, what are you seeing when you go to the well, store? All the reasonable stuff, like hand sanitizer, are completely gone. Yep. With actual hand soap, perfectly fine. Yep. They're still on the shelf. The stuff that you actually have to be worried about, people aren't buying. They're yep. not interested in getting it. Yep. Toilet paper. I mean, this virus doesn't make you poop. There's no reason you need toilet paper. But everybody wants to buy toilet paper. So what? And we talk about like the regular stuff. I want to kind of I want to put that into context of what does regular stuff mean? Regular stuff meaning um, consumer staples. 
super staples are toilet paper, paper towels, soap and water, laundry detergent, dishwashing detergent, uh, toothpaste, the very bare necessities to what people use on a daily basis, consumer staples. And that's where we started to talk about shifting some of your ongoing um, investments into consumer staples ETF, um, FSAT, or F, yeah, FSAT is um, consumer staples uh, ETF and Fidelity. Um, and it's got a basket of ones, very typical names, Colgate, Johnson & Johnson, um, Procter & Gamble, all of those typical names. Now, there was a couple names that I did find in my research that I wanted to talk about on the show a little bit even further. And what's really hard around investment screens, you know, you know what an investment screen is, right? No. So if I wanted to look at the entire population of U.S. stocks or global stocks, you start off with this massive number, and then you can start breaking it down between what the company does, what industry they're in, how big the company is, how much money they make, how much what their dividend payout is, how many employees they have. It just keeps going on and on. So a stock screener is a way to filter down almost like um, CarMax. CarMax has these commercials. You can go to their site and you can buy any car in the world and just narrow down their search, right? Yep. Every single car is every single stock. You narrow it down to your red Mustang. That's what we're trying to look for is that red Mustang that's going to give us some opportunity. Okay. So when I started uncovering the hood within the consumer staple ETF, there was... Um, three stocks that I, I kind of narrowed it on, which I was looking for companies that didn't have exposure globally. I want them, most of their sales to come within the United States, which is easy to say, hard to find on the surface without going through multiple steps. So that was one criteria. Another one is their supply chains, whether well, supply chains being impacted by the global risk and as well as shut down between other countries, the ability to produce goods, right? Yeah. And within this consumer staple, so there's three criteria right there um, that I was looking for and trying to understand where could I find some opportunities. And I found three that I felt were, were pretty good ideas. Um, and these are short-term plays, like for the next 12 months, and then we'll shift out of them and shift into something else. Okay, now, so you, you want to... Um, target consumer goods as in like toilet paper or stuff like that or yep so now since that stuff is on the rise why why wouldn't we go after the low stuff like airplane companies stuff like that um this is kind of a stabilization of this portfolio a little bit um it's not a bad idea i just within i'll call it um consumer discretionary which is the area of hotels airlines um travel if you will we don't know how long and how far this pain is going to go for them. It's just, it's really, it's uncertain. So rather than betting on the uncertain, um, there'll be a time and place when we can take a look at that. I just think for the present time and the amount of volatility going on, lower risk and commodities that are getting purchased daily with shortages, supply is way down, demand is way up, and their sales are going to skyrocket because that's where people are putting their money they're not taking vacations they're putting this off this may this may dent the, the cruise line industry for a year 
people might be freaked out to, to go on a cruise for, this could go on for like, human psychology is gonna last a lot longer than this. So while that recovers, let's wait and let's see what happens with the economy before we rush to judgment. Okay, but now, so what about fl- flying though? So like Delta Airlines or something. So as of right now, it's like really low. Now, if we buy it now, people have to fly. That's one of the things that people always have to do. Um, or no. why, why do you say people have to fly? For jobs, family, and eventually this is going to dissipate like everything else does. So it's going to go back up. And even though people might be scared because of the virus, it's going to – they have to see the loved ones. They have to travel. Um. So right now they are talking because there is a freeze between you cannot fly between the United States and Europe. Can't do it. Mm-hmm. Restricted. There is discussions of restricting domestic travel as well. So how long this lasts, we don't know because they're going to have to do every measure in order to prevent it from spreading even further because like you think about it, like me and you are not really the risk. You know, I'm in my 30s, you're, in, you're just getting in your 20s, right? Yep. Um, not a risk here. If you think about, let's talk about like a psychological or a cyclical effect, not psychological, cyclical effect. If you've got schools closing and you've got a nurse who supports two kids, now you take the nurse out of healthcare. Now there's shortage of nurses on schedules and she can't help people as they're trying to get better. Take it one step further. A nurse that supports elderly care. Elderly care is probably a prime example for this disease to really take effect into other people, according to the experts. If you play out those kind of scenarios, you start removing these healthy people from these facilities that are normally there on a day-to-day basis, and you replace them with maybe temporary workers, maybe they're not as skilled, whatever have you. Um, There's a shortage. It just has a lot of bad scenarios written all over it for what these effects go on. There's been a lot of arguments that closing down schools is going to hurt the medical field a lot. And when you start kind of putting those links together, it's gotta it's gotta get better at some point in time. But in the immediate, it's just a lot of uncertainty. Okay. Did I answer your question? Yeah, just about. Okay. Um, it's way too it's way too unpredictable to there's a lot of uncertainty right now in the markets. Um, so the Consumer Staples uh, ETF is F- FSA, FSTA, and there's three different brands that I, I found under the umbrella that I, I liked. Um, I think they've got an opportunity to provide some short-term stability in your portfolio and possibly even some growth. So the first one is Kroger Grocery Stores. Kroger is U.S.-based. They do a lot of their manufacturing and supplying within the United States. They do not sell outside the United States. And they have seen ridiculous amounts of demand. I've been seeing a lot of videos, what's going on with them. But it's it's domestic. It's not going international. They've got, they pay a good dividend. They're, you know, it's a company that's been around for a very long period of time. That's one that I could see definitely benefiting from the high demand going on right now. And within the supply chain market, they're struggling to keep up. Um, you know, it's kind of, it kind of reminds me of like in our, and we live in Florida, we're used to Publix. I would love nothing more than buy Publix stock. Guess what? You can't. It's privately owned. 
That's okay. like that's a I wish we could buy public yeah. stock. Cannot do it. So Kroger mm-hmm. is a good alternative to buying Publix, and we've seen the effects of Publix here firsthand. Boots on the ground. Another uh, brand that I like, which is um, kind of a sub-partner of uh, Walmart, is BJ's. BJ's Warehouse. They're a fraction of what the size of Costco is. Costco has much bigger international exposure. They have um, a lot bigger supply chains that could be disrupted. They are experiencing extreme sales right now, but BJ's is more domestically located. They've got room for growth. Again, in the in the short scheme of things, I think they could be a beneficiary as people try to find alternatives to where their normal um, stores are. If they're like Costco members and like, you know what, I can't get my stuff, maybe I'll opt out to go to BJ's, that could be an alternative. There's a brand new one that's opened up down the street from us. Guess what? Every time I drive by it, it's freaking packed. These are just some some ideas, and um, BJ's has been done well lately. They've also reported strong uh, sales within the last 30 days. The last one is a supplier of a food producing company for Target. It's okay. Archer, uh, Daniels Midland. They do have some international exposure. So I want to be frank with that one. It's not all domestic, but the majority of their sales are domestic-based um, operation, which they do support Target. Target doesn't support Canada anymore. It's only domestically based, but they do have other contracts that extend outside the United States. So those are the three. The stock symbol for those are KR for Kroger. Um, that's my first option. Second is BJ's, which is BJ. And then ADM is Archer, Daniels, Midlands. Um, what are your thoughts? I mean, sounds like a good idea, but it's something only temporary though, right? Or is yep. this going to be a long-term thing? This is a this is a short-term, short-term being under 12 months. Okay. Now, are we going to do all three? Or would you only pick one? Um, for yours, um, I, I picked uh, just the FSTA, which is the ETF. Um, just as an entry-level investor, trying to spread out your risk. And understandingly, like... Kroger would be my first choice of the three based on all their fundamental analysis and their financials. Okay. Now, I was talking to a couple people. Yep. And they have all this money saved up. Yep. And the stock market crashes. Well, buy low, sell high, fear, that's the other guy's problem. Well, they want to put money in. And I'm going to be coming into money in the next several months. And I want, I'm want i looking <laughs> to invest like $1,000 a month. Now, sure. I wouldn't... What I'd put... A good chunk of that money into Kroger and into think, companies like that, or no? I think we still do the diversification plan. Okay. If we wanted to add Kroger to the portfolio, I have no problem with that. Um, I think we just keep scaling into the investments because that dollar cost averaging methodology is going to um, lower your risk and buy at different price points as you continue to scale in. So, if you wanted to add a sixth investment as Kroger as another one, I'm cool with that. That's who you want to go with as well. But um, I think just continuing with the same kind of philosophy going forward is the important piece of like the fundamental ideas I put in the book. Okay. Now, we switched one company. Yep. And just to make sure, whenever you switch a company, so I just started out, so I don't have a lot of money in there. Mm-hmm. But if this like four or five years down the line and stock market crashes and you switch a company, well, you... You don't take that money out, do you? Um, for you this one, for for account? this one, since it's so early, I wouldn't leave it out. And the company we're talking about, which wasn't one company, is an ETF of FNCL, 
which is a collection of the banking sector stocks. They're financial, they're financial stocks. And the reason why, um, from a short-term perspective and also long-term, like beyond 12 months, the, the Fed has decided to cut the interest rate down to zero, which means they're not making a lot of money on their spread. So the, one, the number one source of revenue for banks is lending money. So if their spread gets tighter and tighter, so and they're not making a whole lot of money, guess what? That's gonna come out in their profits and their revenues and everything else. So it's a, a cyclical thing that, unfortunately, we didn't see this coming. Um, we thought the Fed was gonna lower it strategically, but they've reacted quickly because of the spread of the virus. Okay, but now, wouldn't change, don't, don't take anything out? No. No? No, just leave it as is and start reallocating those funds into the consumer staples instead. Okay, now, <coughs> if something were to happen like this in the future, now we're not taking our money completely out, but we are moving it to another stock. Or Sometimes. should we wait it out? Because it, it, it's, a, it's depending on the market, because if you think about like the last time we had a crash or correction, it was because of the subprime mortgage crisis where people were taking out mortgages they could not afford and trying to flip the investments, which then had a very, very long uh, list of players in that space that all were getting greedy, um, which then ended up crashing the market. So the financial sector at that time crashed the market. Stock market rebounded, everything was fine years later. If you look at it over a long period of time, it really looks like a blip on the radar. Okay. What other questions are you thinking about? Um, so one was that I have the money now, yep. but since I'm just starting investing, I'm putting all this money in as the stock, stock market slow. Like, what, like <coughs> what return am I going to get? Like, is it going to be very for, good or like... For this year, I, I would consider zero to be the return this year even less because I'm, we're I'm in, like long term oh long long term our goal is always um 10 percent. okay 10 percent on an annual basis so now if i'm investing this money now and by the time it gets normal am i gonna gain the money that i lost back or no ideally yes ideally okay yeah. because from a again from a historic standpoint 1911 stock market's been up about 11 percent on an annual basis when you take into account, take into account growth and dividends. Last year, the stock market was up 30, uh, 28%. This year, it's gonna be down. You take that as an average and it all equals out at the end of the day. But that's why there's, you know, we don't panic, we don't run for the gates. You've got 40 years of investing in front of you. This will be a blip on the radar in the, in the grand scheme of things. And we're not panicking. We're just making some adjustments. I released a show a few weeks ago of saying I put more money in cash, which is um, sold out some of the winners, some of the profits off the table, and then also bought some inverse ETFs as a strategy because I've got a different, um, some immediate goals. We're doing some project work at the house, and I needed to free up some cash flow. Otherwise, from a retirement standpoint, like I got a question in the mailbag around 401k, what do you do? 401k, retirement funds, I'm not doing anything. I've still got 20 plus years where that money's just going to sit inside an account and going to continually grow. I'm not adjusting anything in that portfolio. Okay. Now, if I'm not mistaken, we just got off of a big 
bull market, I yep. believe, yes, for mm-hmm. like what, 10, 10, 10 years, about 10 years? Yeah, give or take. I mean, there was some bumps along the way. It wasn't exactly straight up as everybody calls it because if you look, look in the piece of the puzzle, it actually does show some small corrections in there, but overall. Okay, and the normal one's five to six years. Now, because this one lasted for so long, are we going to get a bear market for longer or no? Um, in general sense, bear markets don't last um, that long. I, I have to go back and look um, to give you an exact number. But um, just from a atypical, they're, they're not something that's long-lived. Okay. Okay, now how long will it take to get back to normal? It depends on how long the virus spreads and how long it takes for... I mean, it's all depending on all these factors, like people returning to work. Healthcare returning to normal. Um, how many uh, sickness people is going to spread right now? Like example, it is. I went to the. I went to my doctor about a week ago just from an annual checkup. They said I actually don't have tests I could actually give to you. That seems kind of strange. But in the same scheme of things, he walked me through some things. Said you know everything checks out just fine. But also in the same vein. We're not as prepared. I'll give you an example. So we talk about not as prepared. Uh, Taiwan, if you want to do some you know, research after the show, Taiwan uh, being so close to China, Japan, um, they found out about this and started taking measures around the middle of January. Within a month, they were producing um, beyond what the current demand was, um, a million extra masks a day. They were taking corrections to sending people from home from work. They were taking precautions into um, getting more healthcare workers on, on an emergency standpoint. We've been slower to react. I know it seems like it's been fast, but it's been slower. Like all, a lot of these things should have been put in place about a month ago, it seems like. What, what does all this mean is it's going to take a lot of time and who knows how long before it's and we're in a full economic recovery where everything's back to normal if you will okay because the reason why the stock market being down has nothing to do with stock the companies are doing something wrong or something happened where they're they shifted their focus they're reacting because their business just wanted complete disruption and that's why there's so much uncertainty now in the past like the great depression and other bear markets yep it was going well. I don't know about this, but for this one, it's going straight down hmm? or pretty much straight down. Um, what would stop it for, and then start steadily increasing or just shoot up increasing? It depends on a few factors. Um, you know, it, it's going to depend on how earnings get reported next quarter. It's going to report depending on how earnings get reported in Q three. If there's some light at the end of the tunnel, it's going to depend on domestic policy and if numbers start slowing down i think you'll start seeing relief um if the people that go back to work in china don't um get sick again and revisit it that'll be a sign of relief when italy comes off lockdown that'll be a sign of relief it's there's really it's it's hard to tell but you know we'll we'll know it um you know, I, I kind of consider in the next six to nine months we should know something around what the recovery time plan looks like, and then the and then once the markets have time to adjust, we'll we'll know a lot more then. Okay, 
Now, so say if the market, we know about the market on how it's going to recover and everything like that. Are we still going to leave that those 12 months investments in until the 12 months are over or until it's safe? Or... Oh, your, your, your strategy as a young investor shouldn't change very much. Like you should just continue to invest on a monthly basis. I wouldn't change a thing having the longer term view right now. Okay. All right, so um, that's uh, we're gonna we're gonna leave it at that. Um, it's a little bit longer than usual, which is fine. Um, but I think in the current uh, scheme of things, I think it's important we have a little bit more regular updates. So we'll uh, we'll get back to you. And if you have questions or comments, uh, alex.richwagon at gmail.com. That's alex.richwagon at gmail.com on the investing should be easy show. So uh, everybody, be safe, be well, and uh, I'll talk to you soon. Bye. Alex Richwagon is an investment research analyst. Any of his recommendations are that of Mr. Richwagon. The information presented is the opinion of his and only his research. You should not base your investment decision based solely on his opinion. Remember, it's your money and your responsibility.